I want to say, first of all, if you are not part of this church family and you're watching online or you're here as a visitor today, it's going to be a little bit in-house and not in the way that I would normally choose to talk. But once a year, we want to to go have an in-house conversation just to say, church, what are we about? What are we called to? What's God doing with us? What's our, our purpose and our direction for the year ahead? And it's just very much the start of a new year in, in many spheres of life, isn't it, September? So this is what we're going to be doing. And it's very timely. One of the things we're doing right now as a, as a church family is we're having an external review. It's like Ofsted only nicer. Uh, no, it's not like Ofsted at all. It's really um, a review that's going to help us look at our mission understand it, help us to own it, and then think, actually, are we really placed to deliver that mission going forward? And uh, so I'm really grateful for a very gifted and experienced team of men and women who are going to be looking at every area of our church life and our church family over the next few months. But actually, the lead reviewer, and his, um, the lead reviewers are here tonight, that's Mick and Tricia Woodhead. They're just over there. You could give a little wave if you wanted to. They're sitting next to Richard Pollard. And they've, they've, they've come now from Sheffield, where Mick used to live, lead St. Thomas Crook's Church, um, very influential church in the north of England, very experienced couple, and they've got a great team they're working with. So can we give them a round of applause and say a really big thank you for serving us? But when I come to talk about vision, it's really important to understand that vision doesn't change year by year. You know, if, if we had a fresh vision every year, we'd be lurching wildly from, you know, from one, one kind of fad to the next. Our vision is an enduring vision. Now, every year, we may want to look at our practices. The world is changing rapidly. We've all kinds of things that kind of hit us sideways, whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, there's, there's so many crises that come our way. And we may need to adapt our practice, but our vision remains the same. So in our Vision Sunday stuff, I just want to set, before we go into it, a little bit of the, what I've sensed is the backdrop for what it means for us to be a church in the city at this time. The backdrop of us sharing vision is that the world is in considerable trouble. And our nation is in considerable tr- trouble. Our city, which is fairly prosperous, is also in trouble. And that, that trouble, we, we, we have a range of crises. I mean, we could just tick them off. We've got an economic crisis. We've got a crisis for the NHS. We've got a crisis um, in housing in our city that, that's huge, and actually in, in the world. We've got um, crises around the environment that we live in, climate change, um, environmental degradation, our urgent crises we're facing. We have a mental health crisis. We have a, a, a kind of a moral crisis where we don't know who's speaking the truth anymore. In fact, there's a real challenge for truth speaking, whether it is kind of the, the promotion of conspiracy theories or whether it's the kind of flagrant disregard of truth by many of our leaders in politics or industry because they just are economical with the truth because it's more important that they get their will done than they have real integrity. We have challenges around what it means to be human. There is racism and racial division. This week, a young man, Chris Cabell, was shot dead, an unarmed black guy in London. What does that tell us about our culture and about some of the the ways minorities are perceived in in our country? We have issues around around sexuality. Uh, We we have um, 
we haven't got um, a consensus about what it means to be human in terms of, of, of gender. We, we have divisions between older and younger people on that issue. We have sexual abuse scandals in many spheres of society. We have women who don't feel safe. We have, um, if you like, a need for integrity. We have need for a moral compass. And we've just lost our queen who represented for many people in our country that moral compass, that sense of integrity and continuity and wise leadership. This is a time where we need the church more than ever before. But actually people have become deeply alienated from church. The church has not got a great reputation in, in, in the West, has it, in, in our nation. We've been rocked by scandals. We've been deemed to be um, boring or irrelevant. And yet our world and our nation needs a conscience. Our world and our nation needs the power that the gospel brings to see transformed lives. The world that we live in needs people who are willing to make sacrifices for the greater good. The world that we live in needs to hear the gospel of Jesus, to know that we have a righteous king on the throne and that God isn't angry with us, but he wants to draw us home to himself. That he wants to give us a place and a future and a hope. So it's a challenging time, actually, to, to be a Christian, isn't it? The good news is, Arsenal are on top of the premiership. <laughs> That's because they've got Jesus. <laughs> if, if, they have. Anyway, they have. But, um, that was a good signing. What is God's vision for his church? This is the context we're looking at. Okay. We see that backdrop and it can make us feel afraid. Or it can make us feel powerless. And we make us feel, do we retreat into a into a silo, into a holy huddle and wait for Jesus to return. You know, sometimes historically, churches have had that mindset, we, we're going to withdraw from the world because the challenges of the world are so great. But Jesus sent his church into a very challenging world. More of that anon. But if we're going to have vision, let's start, first of all, with what is God's vision for Woodlands Church? What's God's vision for you? What's God's vision for us as a community? Now, the Bible is a visionary book, and it invites us to get a God's eye view of the world and of ourselves. And this, I think, is God's vision about us here. God sees us as a community of people who he loves passionately and who are so in love with him that he is the priority of their lives. Have we got a vision of Jesus that matches Jesus' vision of us. He's the bridegroom, he's the head of the church. And if we have, we will be the kind of church that seeks to fulfill God's commission on earth, to be an outpost of the kingdom of heaven on earth, to be an answer to the prayer that we pray week by week, your kingdom come, your will be done, to be saying yes to a Jesus who called his followers to pray for laborers in the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Now, the, the, the wonderful thing about living in times of uncertainty is because uncertainty wakes us up to, the, to, to a truth that we can easily ignore, that ultimately we're utterly dependent on God. 
And C.S. Lewis famously once said that pain is God's megaphone to the world. We can delude ourselves that we can get by until we face the crises of life. And for some people, that crisis is their deathbed. But right now, we're facing global crises and local crises. And that should alert humanity that humanity is in trouble and we need saving. And people who know that they have a need beyond what they can solve for themselves are more likely to reach out for the ultimate answers than people who are just coasting along. And so there's an opportunity and a responsibility for us at this time to be good news bearers to our world and our culture. But that all has always been there. But the opportunity and the responsibility is perhaps more intense than it's ever been. And when we look at that, that, that the outpouring that the nation has had, the, the, the grief that the, the, the nation is mourning somebody who was all the time pointing to an even greater monarch, pointing to King Jesus. And Jesus hasn't gone away. We haven't lost Jesus with the Queen dying. But for some people, she has represented in an iconic way because she served that greater king. The foundation for life that Jesus himself can offer. So I think that we share with the whole church everywhere in the world some key responsibilities and some, some key vision. Sometimes when I, when I kind of talk about our vision as a church, we, we talk about... Um, Helping people find faith in Jesus to become disciples, to, to, to grow and to, and, and to um, give away their faith. And, and I suppose that a lot of the things that we talk about our vision for, for men and women in, in our church are the things that we hope all churches have. Uh, one of my mantras is, if you're a Christian, you're all recruited. Everyone is a minister. Everyone is a witness. Everyone cares for the poor. These are generic, normal things for the Christian life. But what does it mean for us here at Woodlands to not just be generically followers of Jesus, generically church, but have the particularities because of the particular thing God has called us to and raised us up to be? And this morning I was talking about the analogy of, of vehicles. I have a car. Well, I don't actually. I have a van. It was given to me by Jonathan Dobson, Matt Dobson's brother. And that was very kind of him. And it's a Citroen Berlingo. It, it, it holds two people. Its main purpose is not carrying people, but carrying stuff. It's really good for carrying stuff. I go to the fruit and veg market for our community house. I come back with boxes of fruit and veg. I go to the tip. I, I move furniture. You know, all that kind of stuff happens. Because the vehicle, though it's generically, does what vehicles do, move people from place to place. What it really carries is a couple of people and stuff. At one time, I had a minibus because I have five children. And they had friends and bikes. And what that vehicle did was move people. That's what it was. It was a bit like my van in some ways, but its purpose was to move people. I've never had a Rolls Royce. But it looks a lot more stylish than my Berlingo. The reason for that is its main purpose is to look stylish when it moves people. Because it moves important people around. It dignitaries. That's its purpose. Now, I think... All churches are the same at one level. We're all God's community of people serving his commission on earth. And the Woodlands Church family was, we believe, raised up with a particular purpose, which, is, which was to see Bristol transformed, and if I can use that word, re-evangelized. 
through church planting, through networking communities all across the city and region to see the, the one million people of the greater Bristol area for every community of 10,000 people to have a live expression of the, the kingdom of God. A church that's both a messenger and the message. A church that can say, this is what the kingdom of God is like that we're announcing to you and you can come and be part of it. And that, that journey we've been on since the, the first of our churches was founded in 1982. And we try and work with other Christians and other churches all around our city. But that's what we're about. We want to see Bristol transformed. That doesn't mean to say we don't care about the rest of the world. But this is our focus. So um, let me just read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. This is what the Bible says you are. You are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is who you are. And you may, that might be your individual personal story, but it's also our collective story. We together are a people. And we have um, significance, actually, in the kingdom of God. We've been given a commission. We've been given power and authority. We've been, we, you know, actually, God's entrusted stuff to us to do. He's entrusted things for us to do in this city. Now, if we're going to be a vessel for the kingdom of God, then we need the Holy Spirit. And as a church, we are always seeking the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and we, we believe that the, the Holy Spirit helps us to live a life less ordinary. In fact, we can't do the Christian life without the work of the Holy Spirit. So we are unashamed about talking about and encouraging people to receive more of God's Holy Spirit in their lives. But why was the Holy Spirit given to the church in the first place? In the book of Acts, Jesus who has died and is risen, is about to leave planet Earth, about to ascend to be with his Father, gathers his disciples together and says, in a few days, you'll be baptized in, with the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. In fact, he was very clear with this group of, of his followers that he, he was going to leave behind. He said, stay in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. I've given you a mission to go to the ends of the earth, but don't go until you've received. And so that's what happened. And so we believe that the work of the Spirit is primarily to help us be witnesses. And I want to explore with you what it looks like for us to be witnesses in the context of being part of the 7 o'clock congregation of the Woodlands Church family. One thing a witness can do is invite people to come and see. There's a famous story in the in the New Testament, in, in, in John's Gospel, in John chapter 4, about a woman who Jesus had an encounter with. And he told her he was the Messiah. And she went back to the village and said, come and see. A man has told me everything about myself. Come and see. She was so excited about her encounter with Jesus. Churches grow when people are so excited about the potential to encounter Jesus when that church gathers that they can't, um, they have real confidence that their friend who's also seeking spiritual life can find that life here. 
And one of our desires is that whenever we gather, there's the potential for someone who doesn't yet know Jesus to have a transformational encounter with him, as well as those who already know him to continue to grow and be built up in our faith. And the way we want to do that at Woodlands is we have four W's. We have welcome, we have worship, we have word, and we have wonders. Actually, that's the strategy. That's the things that we feel are going to be good for us as followers of Jesus, as learners and disciples, but also good for people who are seekers. Because in the New Testament, the church is always a place, not just for disciples, but a place for seekers. And seekers are our friends who haven't yet experienced what we believe we've experienced. And so if you're a seeker and you're here tonight, we're so honoured that you would brave this place, coming through these doors into this gathering, and, and you're a very, very welcome guest. And you may not feel that you believe everything I'm saying tonight, and you're allowed to critique and question it, but you're so welcome. And you may want to come to our Alpha course, which starts in the beginning of October, I think October the 5th on a Wednesday evening, where you can come and ask those questions and, and dig a little bit deeper. So come and do that. But if you're here tonight, we hope that you felt welcomed. I mean, Matt, and he, he laid it on thick, didn't he? <laughs> but honestly, everybody's important. And... I want to commission all of you who are regular members of this congregation, you are the welcome team. There may be a few people scattered around wearing mustard t-shirts. There may be people holding tablets in their hand wanting to take names and addresses. But all of you are the welcome of the person who sits next to you. You know, last Sunday I spoke to somebody who said to me, she's doing a master's at, at, at UE right now and, I, and I, it was great to meet her. But she said, I came here once. Um, in my first year. No one spoke to me, so I never came back. She's part, you know, part of another great church in Bristol. But maybe she could have, she might have been one of those new students that thought, oh, church isn't for me, it's not really welcoming. So I'm saying all of you, we, I cannot notice and welcome and love everybody that comes through the doors. It's a shared job, and I'm sharing it with you. So you're commissioned. Is that okay? And then, then worship. You know, worship is, is, is we love Jesus. And worship is our, our vehicle for expressing that love. But in that worship, it's extraordinary how often people who are looking for Jesus find Jesus in a place of worship. They find their heart is warmed. And they ask the question, what's going on? So worship is really important to us. We don't worship the same way every time. But on, on a Sunday evening, we have space to press into worship. So we say we are going to give a longer period of time for worship. And worship is usually around a flow of songs which is designed to help us open our hearts to God, to tell him that we love him, but to let him change us in that activity of worship. And then word, normally speaking, we preach from the Bible and we hope that that life-giving book which is breathed on by the Holy Spirit, will communicate truths about God and raise questions and communicate life for all of us who are following Jesus, but also for people who are searching for Jesus. And it's an extraordinarily powerful book, whether you're a believer or whether you're a seeker. And finally, we're committed to wonders. Now, I, I talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that Christians 
live a supernatural lifestyle. That our faith in God is not just a philosophy, it's a relationship with a supernatural God. And the life of the Spirit means that we get to practice doing the kind of things that Jesus did because he is not just God's son. He's also a spirit-filled human being who is our role model and speaks to us about what it means to live in the life of the Spirit. So Sunday by Sunday, it's our practice to try and listen to God, to try and welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit who is God with us in this building and in the name of Jesus to pray for people who need the work of the Spirit in their lives, whether it's for healing, freedom, revelation, power, courage. And we want to train and equip everybody to know how to be part of that. That's why we've got a prayer ministry training course in October, which I am inviting all of you to, and it's completely free, to help you live a life less ordinary, to help you to be a resource for the kingdom of God wherever you go, not just in this place on a Sunday night. So that's what we're trying to do on Sunday. But our witness is not just come and see, it's also go and tell. Now, going and telling, it may be anywhere in the world. At our 8 o'clock service this morning, we prayed for two women who are going. They're leaving Bristol. They're going to the Middle East. It was great to pray for them. But for most of us, we will not be going overseas necessarily. But we are called to go as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, as good news bearers to a world that's hurting and needs to have good news, that needs to have comfort, that needs to have hope. And we're going to our neighborhoods. We're going to our places of work and education. We're going to, to go into our, our, our leisure places. And we're not going there necessarily to think, I've got to get as much of the Christian message down people's throats as in the first five minutes I, I see them. But we are going to go there as people of integrity who God will give us opportunities to share faith with. And my experience is, if I, in my neighborhood, in my secular places of work, if I'm there, and if I build bridges of relationship with people, I will always have the opportunity to share my faith and to encourage them and pray for them at the right time. I don't necessarily have to get it all in, in a kind of heavy kind of way. I first of all need to be there and just be a decent human being who prays for my friends and colleagues and is looking for opportunities to help and encourage them. But I want to say to you that the workplace and the neighbourhood are key places for us to go. And so I'm just going to say tonight, I'm sending you there in the name of Jesus. <laughs> um, we also want to go to, to people in need in our city. Uh, and we live in a very divided city. There is a north-south divide. There is a divide between people who are prosperous and people who are definitely not prosperous. And, and, and Jesus actually has a priority for the people who don't yet have. He always had that priority, he has it today. And as a community here at the 7 o'clock service, we want to partner with significant charities and organisations to help people who are in need. This, this morning, our youth church were making sandwiches for our soup run to take out tonight. We want to definitely just recognize our common humanity with people who have far less than we have in our city. And so things like In Hope, 
things like the, the night shelters, things like uh, the soup runs, things like the food banks, they're really important. And Matt Dobson, who was standing up here earlier on, is our volunteering champion to help people who want to volunteer to serve our city find appropriate pathways, whether you're a small group or a pastor or an individual and you want to serve. There are so many ministries that we sponsor significantly that we partner with in our city, and we'd love to do that. And they're, they're increasing. It's great, to, it's great to see the way the church responded to the Ukrainian crisis, and we've got a, a, a hub for Ukrainian people in, in Woodland Southside and Victoria Park, but we, we still have a need to care for refugees, asylum seekers in our city. We're just beginning a, a deeper partnership with, with Bridges, the community that they particularly work with asylum seekers. But there are so many, if, if you've got someone on your heart or a desire to serve, please talk to us because we'd love to, to get behind you, support you, uh, train you perhaps if necessary. Our witness includes our online world. Let's, let's use social media to tell our stories. And uh, I wonder how many people here tonight found Woodies through social media in some way or other, through the, just Googling us or whatever. Did anyone? I see your face. I particularly love Jonathan's story because Jonathan is at the back there. Googled the church for people in their 30s and found Woodlands and uh, watched it online for a long time, then showed up and decided to really commit his life wholeheartedly to Jesus. And that was such a joy to baptize Jonathan a few weeks ago. And, and actually, social media is part of our um, witness, isn't it? But will, will we practice what we preach? Will the quality of our welcome translate not just a high on Sunday, but real inclusion. There's a real difference between welcome and inclusion, isn't there? And inclusion means making space for people in our busy and crowded lives. And so in this 7 o'clock community, which will soon be 6.30 p.m., one reason it's becoming 6.30 is to facilitate community. Not all of you who come here want to relate socially after the service, but a significant number of you do. And actually, um, after hours gatherings, whether it's in the building or at the pub, have been great vehicles for welcoming people who show up for the first time and m helping them make friends. So that's why we're moving at 6.30. It's not primarily for us. It's primarily to facilitate community and connection. We really value our midweek groups. And many of you are in midweek groups. You know, there are different times of life where being in a midweek group really works for you. It's, it's rubbish when you've got small children who find going to bed difficult. It's rubbish if your job is so stressful that when you get home, all you want to do is sit in front of the telly for half an hour, have something to eat and go to bed. But if you're young, free and single, it's great. <laughs> and so actually our... Um, uh, our young adults um, groups in particular, are, are, you know, they're, they're very buzzing. But actually, we want to have a community for who, whatever you are, whatever stage of, of life you are. And, and I want us to, to take specifically um, a, a little challenge for our 7 o'clock service here. I want to say, what is particular for us at 7 o'clock? How we're going to do welcome, worship, word and wonder. It's going to be different from our other services, but we want to see part of that. It's going to be different how we form community. But um, with, with this kind of um, 
vision evening that we're having. Because we're doing this review, Mick um, asked me to send, uh, well, all of our congregation to send their vision for their congregation. And I got together with Matt and we kind of put our heads together a little bit. And um, I caught something really nasty. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but um, <laughs> that's a bad joke. Um, but we just kind of tease out what is our vision for this particular service? And I want to say for you, if you're not in the 18 to 35 bracket, this service is for you. Now, we've leaned a little bit into uh, a service for young adults here for all kinds of reasons. And it's one reason is that young adults have been significantly alienated from and underrepresented in church. But this service has always been a service for everyone. And in many ways, we see it as a spiritual engine room for the Woodlands Church family. So people may come here tonight, like Matt Crossman, my friend, on the front row. Where's he gone? He's gone. But he goes to Highgrove. He's got a young family. (laughs) He's left early. You look just like him, Dan. (laughs) Anyway. It could be that you go to another service and it's in the morning and you're serving. But you come here because you want to have a chance for yourself to press into some spiritual refreshment. But also, this is the service where we've got more time for worship, preaching and ministry. And so in many ways, it's a spiritual engine room. And I would love it to to grow in some spiritual intensity without becoming weird. Does that make sense? We want to be passionate about Jesus and full of the Holy Spirit without being weird. That's a challenge. I'm working on it. <laughs> we want this also to be a multifaceted congregation, spiritual home for our younger congregants, especially young adults in their 20s and 30s, also for our students and for older teens. And all of those people have dedicated leaders who are part of the leadership team that make this service happen. So our youth minister, our student minister, our young adults minister, all part of the team, but there are also older folk like Claire Thompson and Nigel and me who are part of the team because this is a service for everyone and it's within this gathering there are different cohorts of people that need different things. But honestly, you know, older people find it encouraging to be around younger folk. And younger folk often find it encouraging to be around older folk. And so we don't want to be a silo. I was having um, a cup of coffee with um, my friend Paul Taylor, who's here tonight, and um, Paul and Jane, they're, you know, they're not young adults, honestly. They're kind of, they look young, but honestly, they're far older than they look. But Paul said, it's just great to be around, wanting to mentor and encourage younger adults. And, and we, we love that, actually. We, we want to have that mutual encouragement across the demographics, across the divide. So I just want to make that message loud and clear. We want this, as I've already said, a place a church you could bring a friend to. And in that place, there's general welcome, but from time to time, we will make moments where we'll call people to go deeper. From time to time, we will make a call to say, you've been coming along for a while, but you've been unsure about whether Jesus is your number one. Tonight, why don't you take a step of giving yourself 100% to Jesus? We might make a, a call to say, 
tonight, you've, you've, you've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the normal Christian life is an empowered life? Do you know that in the New Testament, when people had not experienced the power of Pentecost in their lives, the disciples felt there's something wrong. We better lay hands on those guys because they're missing out. You're like a light bulb that's just been a light bulb but never been plugged into the system and had the power turned on. We want to pray for you to be filled with the power of God. It's a place too for us to profile community to say that this Sunday thing, oh hello, I better shut up. <laughs> it's just part of a 24-7, 52 weeks a year community lifestyle that we want to invite you to be part of. We want to be a place where the wider Woodlands family can come along. And um, a context for leadership development. Once a month, we will also be celebrating Woodlands Associated Churches being here. On the third Sunday of the month, we put a call out to a number of churches that look to Woodlands for some input support and, and, and guidance and leadership and fellowship. We say to those churches, if you're going to bring your congregations along, the third Sunday is a good time to do it. We have our Bible school then. There's options. There's Bible school next week but we'd love you to belong. Now look, I've taken a long time there, haven't I? I'm sorry about that. And I'm only going to do that once a year, that, that kind of vision sharing. But we are going to have a leaders gathering on Monday the 20-something, the last Monday of the month, 26, is it? And it's going to be online or in person in the crypt. And if you are a leader or you're just nosy to get some detail about vision, then you can get the, the Zoom code and come on that or come along in person if you're one of our leaders. We'd love to have you together. But honestly, I'd love, love to pray. Maybe I'll get you up, Claire, as well, to pray. You know, church leaders get excited about vision because it's their, their thing. But honestly, I believe it's Jesus' thing. I don't want this to be about my stuff, but about his stuff. And I know you've got your stuff that you're excited about, and that's wonderful, and you've got your callings. But together we can be a picture of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said to his church, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. And that's a together thing. He said to us together, you are the bride of Christ. It's not an individual person that's the bride of Christ. It's just us together, people who are passionate lovers of Jesus. He said to us together, you are the salt of the earth. Wherever you go, you're going to be bringing the flavor of the kingdom of God wherever you go. So we want to come together and be a light. We want to go out into the world and be salt. We want to be so in love with Jesus that we're his bride. And that's infectious because people notice when you love something, don't you? So if you feel that that's the vision that you can be part of, I'd love to invite you to stand. And actually, do stand if you'd like to. And if you, if you feel you're just considering that, then stay seated. That's no, no disgrace and no embarrassment at all. But if you are standing tonight, Jesus commissions you to be his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears, and his mouth. He commissions you to be good news bearers, to be signs of hope in a divided and broken world. He commissions you to be world changers. And you know yourself that you need more of God's Holy Spirit if you're going to do that. And, you know, God is incredibly generous with his good gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to just put your hands out as a non-verbal prayer. Putting hands out to me is always, God, I'm empty, fill me. God, I can't do it. Unless you do it, we're in trouble. God, will you come?
and clearing myself, I'm just going to pray over you and, and ask that God's Spirit would fill you. And you're going to be praying that yourself. As we stand in this place tonight, God, we say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Holy Spirit, will you come? Fill us. We lay our wills down at the altar of loving you. We lay our resources, our minds, our bodies down. As we lay it down, Lord, lift us up. As we cast our crowns before you, lift us up. Yeah, I just um, had a picture of a, in my head of a tree just sort of um, rustling in the wind as um, its leaves were just being blown by the wind. And um, that verse where Jesus speaks to Nicodemus and says, um, you know, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, you don't know where it's come from or where it's going. So it is with those that are born of the Spirit. And I, I just feel that God wants to remind you that Whatever your resources are, whatever you feel like right now. And I just realized that um, sometimes when we're looking at vision and there's a lot to be done and you kind of want on board, you want to be part of a big vision, part of something that is really meaningful. And then sometimes there's this sense of, oh, yeah, but look at the world I'm going into, the life I'm living, the the tensions and the difficulties but and the challenges that I face. Can I be a visionary like that? Can I, can I be part of this vision? And that is absolutely the promise of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit to make you a person that is born of the Spirit. You are born of the Spirit of God. If you have invited his Holy Spirit to live inside you, then he is renewing your mind, healing your body, and in, in enabling you to live for him. And so I, I just want to agree. I agree with these prayers. And I, I, we just agree together. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and be like the wind that sort of rustles through the trees. Let there be some sign amongst us that something is happening. That the trees are rustling in the wind because something is happening. You, Jesus, your breath is amongst us. And I just pray for you now. If you need physical healing in the room... <laughs> We're not going to do any more extended prayer at the front because time has run out. But if you need physical healing of any kind in your body right now, just know that God is fully aware of you and he, he is with you and for you. I pray now that you would experience healing in your bodies. May aches and pains experience the grace and ease of the presence of God. Migraines vanish in the name of Jesus strains be healed in Jesus name and other conditions that have been hard to budge hard to 
bring change. I pray the power of Almighty God into your physical bodies, right down to the cell level, if that's where it's needed. May you experience healing. And if, yeah, I just thank you, God, that you're a healing God, like Dave said, healing and freedom, revelation, power, wisdom for life. Experience it now, we pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. We're going to end with a song now, just to, just to go back into worship. But if you would like some more prayer from somebody, there'll be a few of us up here at the front. It's very normal in this church to just make your way over to this bit on my right here, and we will pray with you um, and as people start to leave. But let's, let's just sing one last worship song. Just to say, the little room that we sometimes go in is not a secret room or den of horrors. It's just a place where you can hear one another talk in a way you can't always in, no in prayer time. There, yeah. But that's the only mystery about the room. It's just a quieter room. But uh, yeah, if, and if you felt stirred and touched, you felt, actually, I'd love someone to lay hands on me and bless what God is beginning in my body or in my heart right now, then do come, make your way forward because we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you as we do our final song and linger a bit afterwards probably.